Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Imperial Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can email the show at imperialwrestlingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online at www.imperialwrestlingpod.com. Uh, the website is expanding. Uh, we have been a top rated website uh, and we're looking for more uh, action per se in the uh, blog section of the website where the blog is the fans have an opportunity to make suggestions and or comment on shows past shows current shows um, for the most part it's relatively well updated and it allows the fans some interaction uh, based on the conversations and discussions that we have on the podcast itself. Um, that is a great way to follow the show. Um, today is a really fun show because this will be our first episode uh, regarding WWD uh, NXT. Uh, and what's so fascinating, period, about the NXT is we're doing a UK segment tonight. And being a smaller guy... Uh, obviously, I try to exercise and stay in good shape. Um, I have a tremendous amount of bias for European-style wrestling. And the reason is, most of the competitors are guys that are indeed my size. So, of course, I'm naturally going to gravitate um, to those type of athletes because they resemble that uh, of myself. So, with that said, I have picked out two personalities that really deserve some spotlight, if you will, in professional wrestling. Not just NXT UK, um, but in wrestling. Uh, the first guy that we're going to talk about is Walter. He is the leader of the group called Eperium, which is kind of neat. They play this classical music. Uh, it's four guys that have a uh, perfect stance. Uh, they seem to have the timing down impeccably, uh, and they're all very good wrestlers. And what's neat about the Eperium is that they consider the mat sacred. So for me, and obviously fans of my show, they all know that I love the technical, fundamental, between the ropes, on the mat, professional wrestling. That's where it starts for me, and that's where I end most of my conversation because what they do on the mat defines who they are as a wrestler. Now, there are some other attributes that make them famous. Uh, we have wrestlers out there that I'm not going to name because it will take away from the two guys that I'm putting the spotlight on tonight. There are wrestlers that have made an impeccable reputation and a highly identifiable career with their microphone skills, acting skills, uh, and some of the things that they do beyond the ring. Now remember, what makes professional wrestling different, it is in fact a sports entertainment. And when anything is a sports entertainment, it has value beyond sports. That means there are things that can provide a sense of enjoyment that go beyond athletic ability. That's what makes professional wrestling unique. We have some wild personalities, we have some weird personas, and we have some unusual storyline. Sometimes they get extreme, um, and that's what puts wrestling on the map. That either captivates fans or it turns fans away. And you have to keep in mind, sometimes like a TV show that gets out of hand, it loses the attention 
attention of the audience. When a show gets a little hokey pokey or a little phony, it actually has a negative impact and it will produce fans to go away from watching scheduled programming. So now, the same thing happens with wrestling. When a storyline goes haywire or it gets a little ridiculous, let's say, um, fans lose interest. Uh, and that phoniness is what gravitates people away from making and taking the time to sit down and watch an abundance of professional wrestling programming. That's part of the problem, I feel like, with the WWE right now, is we have, there's SmackDown, there's Raw, there's 205 Live, there's the main event, then you've got all these other side programs, and then you have uh, NXT UK, and you got the NXT, you got all this stuff. And which is good to have variety, but they need to hone in on certain things and maybe keep their scheduled programming of peak interest so that they don't have to come up with such extravagant storyline. The better the performers are, the better the talent is, and the more sound the wrestling is, I promise you one thing, it will draw an audience. NXT draws an audience because it provides the absolute best wrestling. The purest form of wrestling in the WWE world, it really is the NXT. So when you take that element, now you're getting fans from mixed ages, mixed cultures, um, and they all want to hone in to watch the NXT because the talent is so extraordinary. When the talent gets elevated and is beyond the norm, you don't have to worry about making weird, intense, wacky stories because the wrestling is already good. Sometimes when the wrestling is subpar, the storylines can kind of make up where the differences are. Wherever the slack needs to be filled in or um, maybe an increase of entertainment, that makes up for the lackluster of athletic ability. That's why that happens in wrestling. Sometimes when you take super athletic and talented wrestlers and you give them a wacky storyline, they don't tend to succeed in those environments because the dynamic doesn't match what their strengths are. Just like a football team, when you prepare a team, you want to develop the players around the scheme that actually works best based on their skill set. So, if you have a terrible receiving core, you can't expect your quarterback to throw a lot. You've got to do some creative play calling. You might have to do some play action. You might have to run shorter route. You've got to do things that allow the receivers to succeed based on their ability. Same thing in wrestling. If you've got a bunch of very skilled wrestlers, don't worry about a storyline. Let them do the thing in the wrestling ring. When you don't have a lot of skilled wrestlers, yeah, you might have to focus a little more on some wacky storyline. That's what makes sports entertainment so different. So back to the Aquarium. The mat is sacred. The wrestling ring is of great value to them. It's very important, and I like that about the Imperium. Um, So the leader of it is Walter. Now, Walter is a very unique European-style wrestler because he's huge. He's of great size, um, and he's athletic. And what makes Walter different is that his gimmick is very ordinary. You call him Walter. That's it. Um, He has a very European persona. Um, There's no tattoos on him. He's not this creative, massive, colorful guy, and he does not have this bodybuilder-like physique. He's just a very large man, strong, athletic, and I call him a hybrid wrestler because of his size. 
His ring sets are very similar to guys in the past. Remember, the Imperial Wrestling Podcast is a compare and contrast type of program. So we have to compare Walter to wrestlers of the previous generation. In the past, um, there are some guys that come to mind based on how he moves in the ring. He moves very similar to Jim Neidhart. He's got movement very similar to Arn Anderson. Um, and he's got size, however, of King Kong Bundy, that of Bam Bam Bigelow, and Big Van Vader. He's a large guy. So the fact that he can move like Neidhart and Anderson and have the size of Van Vader, that's definitely a hybrid. Um, there's no way to debate that or challenge that. A guy that can move that well and still have the size, he's already unique based on the setting that he's in. He's in NXT UK. He's a European wrestler. And the wrestlers in Europe are not large guys. So Walter is considered huge. He would be a massive wrestler based on the context where he performed. Now in the US, he would be more traditional size for most American wrestlers. Uh, You put him in the ring with someone like Braun Strowman, who I guess makes everybody look small. Walter would not appear to be so large. In Europe, he's large. He's a big guy. So the other guy I wanted to talk about outside of the Imperium and obviously Walter. Walter needs his prop because he's a champion, and I think he's a good wrestler. Um, I'm not the biggest Walter fan. Um, nor do I need to be because he's just a good wrestler and I like the things that the Imperium does and I like the things that they do and I think they're fun to watch they have an interesting dynamic they bring a good value and they have a core nucleus they have something that's unique and different so there's a good thing there and he is an ideal champion Um, I don't know how long his range would be but he's had the title for some time and we'll see where this goes Now, another guy that's also once held the championship is Tyler Bate. Now, obviously, I'm going to be extremely biased, and I'm going to tell you a bit about Tyler Bate. Tyler, on the other hand, is my height. He's 5'7". He weighs 175 pounds, but he's cut like a rock. You can see muscle on top of muscle inside of his leg. The definition above his knees alone is insane. He's got stocky legs, he's strong, and he's powerful. He's like a strong man. He's one of those guys, if uh, he was performing in a circus today, he'd be picking up giant elephants and things like that. He's incredibly strong, and you look at him being a short little guy, his maneuverability is amazing. His ring work is excellent. There's no other way to describe it. The way he maneuvers himself around the ring is phenomenal. He is actually fantastic to watch. He has the ring movement that of like a Brian Pillman, but he's got the strength and physique of an Eddie Guerrero. So he too, in a way, is a hybrid mixture. His DNA is very special. And the fact that he's still a very young guy, I think he's only 23 years old. So think about that. He's got impeccable ability. He's got an amazing, amazing uh, ring work and skill. And he's young. So he has an extremely long career ahead of him. We haven't even seen the best of Tyler Bate yet. What I like about Tyler, he's a good looking guy. He's strong, he's short, little like me, and he's a bad dude in the wrestling ring. Uh, He's nimble, he's quick, he's very agile, but notably, I've said repetitively almost now, he is very strong. You take a guy like Tyler Bate, and he can wrestle a guy of size, such as Walter, and make the match phenomenal. Their series is probably one of my favorite NXT UK bouts or series that gone back and forth. 
when I watch Tyler Bate do things such as pick Walter up and body slam him or carry him or airplane spin him, that's pretty cool because he's taken a guy that's twice his size and thrown him around. I have a tremendous amount of respect for that and that to me defines the type of wrestler that he is. He's just not doing things based on a storyline or a script for the match. He's legitimately picking this guy up. He's legitimately picking him up, dropping him on the mat, slamming him and throwing him around. That takes real legit strength. There's nothing hokey, phony, it's absolutely sure, 100% legitimate because he is actually picking Walter up and slamming him down. There's no way to fake that. You have to be able to maintain that when you pick a man up that side and create some sort of move. I've watched Tyler Bate belly to back suplex him. I've watched Tyler Bate belly to belly suplex him. I've watched Tyler Bate airplane spin Walter. I cannot believe some of the things that he does. I really like the fact that this short little muscular guy can pick a man up and do what's called a delayed suplex. When you're implementing a delayed suplex, you're, I mean, literally holding a wrestler up and all the wrestlers are going to be larger for the most part than Tyler Bate. He's picking a man up and you hold them at anywhere between 10 to maybe 25 seconds before you drop the suplex. That takes a tremendous amount of power and strength. And that's something that he does extremely well. So in terms of NXT UK, most of the wrestler, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, are smaller guys. They are guys that range between that 5'7", no more than 5'11 height, and they are guys that range between 150 pounds all the way up to a maximum of 200 pounds. So these guys are in great shape and they have good size, and obviously they're going to be conditioned well to be professional wrestlers, but that is not very similar to that of wrestlers that you see in the United States. What makes American wrestling, we have wrestlers that start around two and a quarter and they range to 350 pounds. Most of the wrestlers are six foot and up. Now we're starting to see some of the smaller guys like Leo Rush um, and Tony Ness inside the um, uh, 205 Live and NXT. We're seeing guys of those calibers in stature and size that are smaller, but those guys are not typically seen on the main roster. Unless you're Ray Mysterio, a lot of those guys, it takes a while for them to get the special notoriety and the representation that they're worthy of. A lot of these guys are extremely good wrestlers, and I am excited that we're in an era, finally, uh, where we're seeing smaller guys become popular and are allowed to compete with larger men. You see, the size of a man is not measured by his height. The size of a man is measured by what he does inside the ring. If he's a good wrestler, then he deserves to be there. We see that in some other sports. Uh, Football is a good example. Uh, There are smaller guys now that play in the game amongst a league of a bunch of huge, massive men. Don't get me wrong. For the most part, 80% of the league is consisted of larger-than-life type of guy. Muscular, strong, powerful, fat, big, big guy. 
And it makes the game dangerous because they're fast, they're strong, they're powerful, and there's risk of concussion and serious injuries because it's like a collision between automobiles sometimes when these guys hit one another. That is the same sort of risk that happens in wrestling. Sure, a guy that's five foot five, maybe 150 pounds, could get in a ring with someone that's six foot and bigger and weighs around 300 pounds. But you remember, it's still, the weight that moved, the impact does not change kinetics. There's no way to defy gravity. When a guy fall on, falls on you and he's twice your size, it's going to hurt. And it's extremely dangerous for not just the smaller athlete, but the larger athlete as well. Um, certain moves just work better between guys that are similar in size. Um, whether you watch wrestling for the moves or not, you have to keep in mind when you're trying to suplex a guy that's not... Uh, of your same equilibrium or, or equality and size, the way the ratio of falling and stuff changes. That perception is misunderstood a lot of time. Just by being picked up by a guy that near seven feet tall, your dropping distance changes. If you get picked up by a guy that's five feet tall, you might only have a dropping distance of three feet. You get picked up by a guy that's uh, you know seven feet tall, your dropping distance is now five feet. So the timing changes, the when you have to brace your fall changes, the impact changes. There's a lot of different uh, variables that you have to consider. Now, a precise, very skilled trainer will work with the athletes to make sure that stuff is understood. Kinetics is and logic and understanding the way gravity works and the timing that takes skilled wrestling these guys are good at their craft they learn how to cultivate those sorts of things but that's what i wanted to bring up is that we're finally starting to see a whole class of wrestlers that can be um i guess famous if you will because they don't have to be of the magnitude of six foot eight and 302 pounds. You know, these guys can be five, five and a half feet tall and they can be 170 pounds in phenomenal shape and they're winning championship. You take a guy like Finn Balor, he's known around the world. And I really like that. That gets me excited. And a lot of the European wrestler are just that size. Now, what makes that fun is the type of wrestling that you get from those athletes tends to be very fast-paced. Um, these guys are flying all over the ring. They're super agile and very athletic. They flip around. It's that like a Luca Libre where the guys are completely more like gymnasts, if you will. Uh, then they are wrestlers. They perform and they flip and they do aerial maneuver. And if that's your thing, then that's why WWE has a, a, a segment or a show such as 205 Live. Now, what makes things different now is I'm watching wrestling such as AEW. You get guys in there that are wrestling and like, you know, you take uh, Darby, Darby Allen, you take a guy like him and he's small. You know, you got a guy that's five, five, six, maybe five, seven. You know, he's little, 150 pounds, 160 pounds, maybe. Uh, and you put him in a ring with a guy like Cody that's two, two and a quarter, six, three. Um, and they make the match good. Um, so that's very encouraging. So we are seeing some of those types of mixes. 
um, which is really fun to watch. Um, So I guess what I'm alluding to is we're finally starting to see an era of wrestling where it's not just about the big guys. It's about all guys. And who's bringing us the best quality? Who's promoting the highest level of service? And who's giving the audience and the fans the best, purest form of professional wrestling? That is very much why female wrestling or ladies wrestling, women's wrestling has grown in popularity because these wrestlers now are true athletes. These women are unbelievably gifted and they do things as well, if not better than some of the guys do for the most part. And that's really cool. I like when there is a sense of equality between men and women. Why? Because there's no other sport that has both the same type of equality between man and woman. And and the reason I bring this up is if you watch the NBA, there's a whole separate league just for women. If you watch uh, gymnastic, there's men's gymnastic and women's gymnastic. There's uh, girls volleyball and there's boys volleyball. Like There's no such thing as a co-ed sport. Professional wrestling is the only sport that even kind of hinders with that. So there are matches where men versus women. And now there are many opposed to that. And there are some old school guys that will never allow that to happen. And there are still divisions. Now keep in mind, there's a female division. There's a men's division. There are still divisions. So there's classification for the championships which the athletes partake in. So predominantly, women who wrestle other women, they become the women's champion. Men that wrestle other men become the men's heavyweight champion. So that may always be there, but wrestling is one of the only sports where you'll see a man and a woman at the ring at the same time, whether tag teams or wrestling against one another. It is the only sport that truly does that. Obviously, professional wrestling has a totally different merit and a totally different value and scope on how they perform, which makes that possible. So we have to keep that open-mindedness on it. That's the reality of the circumstance and or the situation. But it is still the only sport that's doing that, which is really cool. I have three daughters, and uh, I really appreciate the fact that if they wanted to be a pro wrestler, they have a, a, a good of an opportunity or as good of an opportunity as any man does to be po- famous, popular, and for the fact of the matter, the uh, heavyweight champion. And that's cool. I really like that. Uh, and I like that the persona of wrestling right now has got away from some of the stuff that happened in the Attitude Era. As cool as the Attitude Era was, women were more subjected based on their sex sexuality or the sensualness or the fact that they're a woman and their anatomy uh, and that I don't think ever goes away in society but currently in wrestling most of the fans want to watch wrestlers that are good wrestlers so when we watch wrestlers like a Gail Kim or new ones up and coming uh, like a Jordan Grace, things like that, you're starting to see, or Tessa Blanchard, you're starting to see some wrestlers that are just good. I mean, obviously, Becky Lynch, uh, you know, we watch them because they're good wrestlers. Uh, Charlotte Flair, we watch them because they're good wrestlers. Um, and that's what makes it exciting. Uh, in the 80s, there used to be wrestling such as Glow. It was terrible. Some of the worst wrestling I've ever seen. But what we're seeing now is a total blend of things. 
we're seeing a blend of situation. We're seeing a blend of talent. We're seeing a blend of sizes. We're seeing a blend of men and women. We're truly seeing a roundness uh, of wrestling. And as a wrestling fan, that's super exciting. Uh, we're even starting to see an era of transgender wrestling. Um, so obviously there's going to be always a political stance on that. There's always going to be an emotional perspective on that. But the fact is we're the only sport that is unafraid to experiment with it. We don't exclude anybody, which I really like. And I think that's important as a society that somebody has to be the front runner. Somebody has to be the example. And we're unafraid to do that. Um, and I like that we're unafraid of the controversy. And I also like that we're brave enough to even consider the thought and then go further than that. We actually implement it. Like we have this going on right now, today, in the sport of professional wrestling. And I can appreciate that. Uh, do we get the, the best matches out of it? Not always, but we can always eliminate things by saying, hey, we've done that. We tried that. It worked or it didn't work. We're never ever, we're very limitless. In other words, the sky is the limit. We keep experimenting. We keep trying and we keep reinventing. And you know what? The moves that come out today are phenomenal. The speed of wrestling is sensational. And I love watching like an average match today would be a super amazing match years ago. So we are coming further and further. The speed is changing. The execution is changing. The deliverance is changing. The wrestling is better. Um, and that's great. And I think we're going to keep going the right direction. We're going to start finding out what does and doesn't work. Will there be more changes? Absolutely. But the entire point of this podcast, and the reason I brought up guys such as Walter from the Imperium and Tyler Bate, is that we're seeing two uniquely sized guys on the European level. And then you come across the pond to the United States and we're seeing guys of all sizes. We are, truly are seeing guys little like 5'2 Ray Mysterio and 5'7 Tyler Bates. And we're seeing guys that are well under 200 pound winning world championship, not just the intercontinental title or the US championship or NXT championship. We're seeing guys winning world championship. And what's neat is what the WWE did with Charlotte Flair. They made the NXT Women's Championship a very interesting title again. They made it a title or a championship of value. And that's how life should be. Anytime you win a belt in any type of division or league that you partake in, that's an honor. No matter the size of the athlete, the championship is based on the size of the heart of the competitor. And I really like that. And I really like the direction that we're going with some of the. I really like that it's based on the merit and the skill set of the performer and the wrestler that gives him a chance to hold the ultimate prize. And the ultimate prize in wrestling at any level or any division is winning a championship. That's great and that's special. And the next ultimate goal is obviously to retain that championship for as long as you can. The longer a title is held, the greater value that title holds. If guys are changing the title over month to month, then the title itself becomes worthless and we're belittling the value of the championship. When someone is champion for a year or two, 
or gosh forbid a rain goes that long what we're doing is we're actually creating an intense level and just greatness come from that the honor and the prestige grows and becomes magnified by how long the tenure is of the champion matches become disinteresting when a title changes hand to hand constantly what you want to do is you want to build up the sense of the championship some sports do a great job at that and we look at teams like in the nfl the old uh, well now that tom brady has moved away from new england but new england had championship persona when you win multiple championships it's an unbelievable thing the franchise has incredible value same thing with wrestlers and the titles for which he or she should hold that's what it comes down to is making things have merit so kudos to professional wrestling for eliminating a size restriction kudos for pro wrestling for eliminating a male female restriction and kudos for professional wrestling for making the quality of wrestling matter that's so important so that was my take tonight on the imperial wrestling podcast why wrestling is for everyone because everyone has an equal opportunity to compete in it how cool is that so please continue to email the show at the imperial wrestling podcast at gmail.com please follow us on the website at www.imperialwrestlingpod.com um, some of our social media feeds are, are temporary being changed and on hold. We'll get through all that. But for now, you can get a hold of the show this way, or you can always find us on your favorite listening platform, the Imperial Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I'm not even sure how many platforms we're available on now. I think it's well over 10. So thank you for all the support. Thank you for growing your show. Uh, and thank you for being part of this wonderful experience. Everybody, thanks again for listening to the most intelligent wrestling podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm proud to be your host. Good night, everyone.